morning, everyone, and welcome to our family service this morning, and especially any visitors here this morning, you're particularly welcome. Um, I've just I've got quite a few wee announcements here, so I'll rush through them as quickly as possible. Um, it is with deep regret uh, that I announce the death of Iris Bruce, and our thoughts or prayers were, are with her three sons, uh, Neil, Ian, and Stuart, and their families. Uh, the home is private, but everyone is invited to attend the short service in Roselawn Cemetery on Tuesday the 4th of April at 10.40 a.m. Um, I received a, a lovely card of thanks from Graham Gilliland. Um, Clive Gilliland, you know, passed away, and his funeral was a couple of weeks ago. And he sent me a little card which he'd like me to read out. So, to all at Ballycrock and Presbyterian, we would like to express our heartfelt thanks and appreciation for all the love and care you have shown towards my dad over the last months. He was only with you for a short time and was coming to, to sit at the, at the back as he was not too well. However, even though the time has, has, was short, he had never felt so much love from a church, um, from the minister of the whole church and the whole body. We would like to thank everyone for making the, his funeral such a blessing. Thank you, Mark and Billy, for playing, to the wonderful ladies who made the drinks and buns, indeed to all who made the day so wonderful. We are truly grateful to this church um, that made my, my dad's last days on earth such a joy. All our love, Graham and Rachel. And our thoughts and prayers continue to be with that family. This evening we'll have the special service it's going to take place at half past seven um, when Andy Cardi will tell us a wee bit about his life story. He went through a very difficult time, as most of you know, a number of years ago, and we really would love you to come along to that. Um, Ballycrock and Baptist have cancelled their evening service so folk can come to it. Silver Birch Evangelical are hoping to come to it. And um, James Rogers is certainly trying to encourage people from Ballygraney to come this evening. So that's half past seven. Um, it'll be very informal. Next Sunday evening, we have Life Lounge when our guest will be Paul Bradley, and the worship will be led once again by waiting for Sophie. Palm Sunday lunch, there's the opportunity today to sign up for the Palm Sunday lunch, which will take place after the morning service on Sunday the 2nd of April. Um, donations given at the lunch will be divided between the children's pro projects we support in Rwanda and Peru. There's also the opportunity to sign up to provide salads and desserts, and the sign-up sheets are in the vestibule. The BB annual display will take place next Friday, the 31st of March at half past seven, and all sections are taking part, including the Old Boys Association Band. Family and friends are all welcome to join with us. And it would be helpful to have some volunteers to assist with setting up. If you can, please come to the church at half past two on Friday afternoon. All help would be greatly appreciated. And then there's a Students' Missionary Bursary Fund. You can see the details in the order of service about applying for the bursary. The Power of Prayer and Ministry Conference with special guest Roy Godwin is being held at Belfast Bible College on Friday the 31st of March and Saturday the 1st of April. And if you want many more details of that, you can see the poster on the notice board just out in the corridor uh, of the vestibule. 
A date for your diary, Monday the 8th of May 2023. This is an important uh, announcement. We're hoping to hold a community celebration to mark the, the coronation of King Charles III. Um, so that's a date for your diary to keep it free, Monday the 8th of May. We're going to hope to do something similar to the, the Jubilee Day that we had before. And, um, but just watch this space for more details. And finally, for the attention of our distributors, your packs are available for collection um, just out in the vestibule there of the church. And thank you for the work you do so faithfully in distributing to the congregation. That's just uh, going to open with 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, looking today at the importance of teaching the Word of God. We've got the title, God's Word for Kids, but it's not just God's Word for kids, it's God's words for adults, for mums and dads, for grannies and grandas. Uh, so 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father, we just, we want to come and we want to have fun this morning. Lord, as a family service, we want our children and our young people to feel very much a part of it. And Lord, yet we want to worship you in spirit and truth. We want to glorify your name. We want to listen to what your word would have say to each of us that we can take home with us today. In Jesus' name, we pray that your presence would be with us. Uh, amen. Amen. So we're going to stand, we're going to sing Spirit of God on scene as the wind. That's our first praise this morning. <laughs> Show sure. 
ask Brian Garland to come up and do a Bible reading for us. Uh, now Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. How do we get to know God's thoughts? What are God's thoughts? Well, only by him telling us, and it's in his word that he tells us what our thoughts are, what his plans are, and that's important to read it. But the boys and girls would like to come up to the front. Yeah, I've got something for you. It's at the end, too. So remind me about that. It's great to see you all out. Brilliant to see you out this morning. Come on, have a seat. Or take a cushion. Make yourselves comfortable. You're at your grannies. Okay. Okay. Now, I want to ask you a question. This is quite an easy question to start with. What's this? A book. A book? Yeah. Anything more specific? A Bible, good, a Bible. And Bible, the term Bible, it comes from a Greek word, Biblia, and it means books, or it could be translated library, a library. And who wrote it? God wrote it, yes, it's inspired by God right now. The thing is, we're told in, in Scripture, just we assume that God exists the Bible never goes out there to try and prove the existence of God. It just is taken as an assumption. And right at the very beginning of the Old Testament, the very first verse in the Bible is the words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, there are 66 books in the whole Bible. And 66 books, that's an awful lot. And it's like a library put into one book. And this is the very first verse of the first book in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God was so powerful that all he had to do was speak. For example, we're told when God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, let there be water, there was water. He just had to speak. Let there be fish in the sea. And there was fish swimming about in the sea. Let there be birds flying in the air. And there were birds flying in the air. God was so powerful, amazingly powerful. But God also used people to write the Bible. It's not that God sat down a Sunday afternoon and thought, I think I feel like writing something this afternoon, and I wrote the Bible. No, it's not like that. God used people people over 1,500 years. He used different people, different backgrounds, with different experiences, and he put on their hearts what he wanted them to say. Now, I'm going to ask Ben to come up and uh, a wee minute, because the people came from all different backgrounds. Yeah, there are a massive amount of different backgrounds, different histories. Look at all this. There, there were 
kings that wrote the Bible, parts of the Bible, peasants, that's poor folk, military men, philosophers, fishermen, tax collector, there were poets, musicians, there was a harpist, there was a drummer, there was a man called Asaph, and he wrote two psalms, there were scholars, there were shepherds, and there was a cattle man. So there were people from all different sorts of backgrounds that God used over 1,500 years to tell us what he wanted to tell us. Okay, thank you, Ben. <laughs> okay, now... Now, why is it important, do you think, to read the Bible? Why is it important, do you think? Well, very good answer, because God loves us and he wants to talk to us, doesn't he? Now, in the Bible, he tells us who he is. He tells us who we are, because he knows better who we are than we know ourselves. And he tells us the purpose that he has created us, the purpose for life. Okay, now, but in the Bible, it also teaches us what is right and wrong. What are the things that please God, and what are the things that disappoint God? What are the things he wants us to do, and what are the things he doesn't want us to do? Would anybody like to take a card? Pick a card. Any card you like. Everyone, there's enough cards for everyone. Do you want to pick one? Pick one each. Yeah, come on. That's good. Uh, oh, maybe we are running out. <laughs> okay, there's a couple more cards. Somebody not have a card? Now, let me have a wee look. Let me go round them. And I'm going to ask you, is it this particular thing that you have written on your card, is it right or is it wrong? Is it good or bad? We'll start over here. What does yours say? Killing, is that right or wrong? It's wrong to do. What have you got? Love, to love people, is that right or wrong? Good or bad? Right, it's a good thing to do. Oh, stealing, we've got stealing. Is stealing from someone a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing, bad thing right. What have you got? Oh, worshipping God. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Not sure. I think it's a good thing, isn't it? Okay, now what have you... Helping to help your mum and dad do the dishes? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? A good thing. A good thing. Well done. What have you got now? Let me see. Lying, telling lies. Is that a good thing? It's a bad thing. Good. What have you got there? Being kind. It's a bad thing, isn't it? <laughs> a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing to be kind. And what have you got there? Hating. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. I'm amazed at your knowledge this morning. Your mums and dads, you see, they've been putting these values in so that you know what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. 
And that's exactly what the Bible does. Our value system comes from the Bible. That's where it starts. And even our very legal system, where the judge sits with his wig on and, he's, and the jury make decisions, the, our legal system is based right back in the Bible. So it is. So <laughs> you have done very, very well so far, but I want you to keep that in mind. The first thing is that God teaches us in Scripture what is right and what is wrong, and that's one of the reasons why it's important to know the Bible. Okay, so um, I've got a little quiz for you. We're going to, first of all, we're going to sing uh, deep in the Word of God. Now, I'm not sure that you know this, so you can just sit and watch this, and it's about getting to know God's Word. So let's watch deep in the Word of God, and then we've got a quiz. quiz. Now, I need some of you to be um, over this side and some over to the side. So, I need some of you. Can some of you go over that side? Good. You're going to need to be quite fast runners in this. Okay. So, we're going to call this the Old Testament. We're going to call this the New Testament. And actually, actually we'll call this Moses's group. Okay, this is Moses' script. Moses lived till he was 140, and there's a few people here look a bit like 140. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call this John the Baptist group, okay? Now, if you get something wrong, don't be losing your head over it now. So. Okay, so we're going to start over here. No, we're actually, no, actually, we're not. What we have to do is, I'm going to give you something to go and fetch. You're going to have to go and fetch something. And the person that brings that thing back to me the quickest, that side gets the question and the opportunity for a point, okay? So I'm going to tell you to go and get from someone from your side a pen. 
Go, don't you run down and get a pen from someone? You get a pen. <laughs> you got a pen. Good girl. Good girl. Okay, so this side gets the question. How many were learning about the Bible and how it teaches us what is right and what is wrong? How many commandments are there that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai? How many commandments? Ten. Ten commandments. Good. So, Billy, will you keep the score over here? Ben, you keep the score here. All right. So, what we're looking for now, you've got the hang of it a wee bit. We're looking for a woman's hairbrush. A woman's hairbrush. Get the handbags out. A woman, there we go, look, there we go. <laughs> come on, quickly up here, up, 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 up. Oh, good, a woman's hairbrush, we got one, yay. Thank you very much. Okay, now this side then, name three of the commandments. What are three of the commandments? Now it can be, it's, it's mums and dads can help as well. This is a team effort, so. Three of the commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not, not have any other God but for me. Okay, that's a point then, Ben. ben point on this side. Okay, ready? A set of keys. <laughs> oh, okay. A set of keys. Okay. We've got the question goes over this side then. Where was Moses born? Not even looking for the, the local area. We're looking for what country? Yeah. Anybody? Good. Egypt. So the point for over here. All right. Come on. Come on, team. Come on, John the Baptist. <laughs> All right. Ready? A man's tie. Yeah, yeah, there we go. All right, quick. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. I'll keep that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this side then. Who built an ark? Who built an ark? Well done, Noah. I think we're neck and neck here. Okay, a woman's perfume. A woman's perfume. Solomon build the temple? What city did Solomon build his temple in? Jerusalem, yes, Jerusalem, another point there. Okay, now this is a bit of a random one. 
I said, I need a puppers. So, so, I sat on the air clippers. Anybody got the air clippers? Uh, whoa, whoa! You got to sat on the air clippers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this question over here. Which man in the Old Testament is known for suffering? He suffered an awful lot. Job. Good. Another point there. Okay. A scarf. Anybody got a scarf? Oh, this side. Well done. This side again. Okay. Which man in the Old Testament is referred to as a man after God's own heart? A man after God's own heart. David. Good, good. Okay. All right. A lady's shoe. A lady's shoe. You got on this side again? I'm not touch that. <laughs> uh, okay, now this is an easy one. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Good. Great. Okay, we're near the end now. Now a sweet or a packet of sweets? Anyone got a sweet or a packet of sweets? <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Oh. Okay. How many disciples? Well, you got one. Thank you very much. Uh, how many disciples were there that Jesus had? It's me and team. Twelve. Good, 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 good. Okay. All right. All right, man. This is a man's one. You ready? A man's belt. Don't make don't let your trousers fall down. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, Terry. See if I keep this at the front during the next hymn when we stand here, Terry. Just gonna come down. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Here, pass that back. Okay, um, let me see. Okay, who betrayed Jesus? He got some money for it. Judas. Yeah. Okay. What What's the scores now? Five. 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 Okay, we'll make this. We'll make this the last one. Okay, we'll make this the last one. A ring. <laughs> All right, you give it to me. Well done. <laughs> okay. So the question here, and this is for the Moses' team that, to, to win, to take the victory. Uh, who baptized Jesus? John the Baptist. You should have known that Jesus were John the Baptist. Okay, so isn't that right? Six here and five. Well done, Moses team. Hard luck, John the Baptist. Oh, you got another, you got another ring. Well done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, hold on to that wee drink. 
I'm getting too excited. <laughs> right, want to have a wee look, just a second we talk here. If you just want to come up and sit down here again, that's grand. That excitement's over, you can relax for a wee while. Okay. Now, I want to show you something. And I want to tell you what it is, ask you what it is. Now, what are these? Traffic lights. Traffic lights, very close. A stop and go sign. We have a highway code, which I wasn't able to put my hands on. You have to go on the, online for it. But in the highway code, when you're learning to drive, you're given different signs for your own safety, for precaution, so that you don't crash. So when you're told to stop, you're being told to stop for a reason, because it's dangerous to go on, or you're told go because it's safe to go on. And in the Bible already, we've had a wee look at what God likes us to do and what he doesn't like us to do. There are things that he wants us to stop doing, and there are things he's happy for us to go ahead and do. But in the highway code, there's more than that. There's other types of signs. There's a sign to show you a particular direction to go in. Okay, and maybe you've noticed so far this morning, maybe you've thought, what are those arrows doing around the church? For example, you could see an arrow here. You could see an arrow there. Where are they pointing to? Well, the thing is, the Old Testament that we're looking at first here, it points into the New Testament. And I want you to have a wee look at this sign in particular. It's John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Now, that, that sort of reminds you. Does it remind you of the very first verse in Genesis? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then John, who was an incredible disciple of Jesus, he writes, in the beginning was the Word. Now, I want you to help me to try and figure out who is being referred to as the Word. I want you to put your thinking hats on. Put your thinking hats on. Now, I'm putting my thinking hat on. Okay, we've got to think. Now, I'm going to look at this. In the beginning was the Word. Let's look at another couple of clues. Who was the Word? It says that the Word was actually with God in the beginning. So John again takes us right back to Genesis, and he says, God, this man called the Word, was actually with God in the beginning. And if we read on down, it says everything was made through him. In other words, all of creation was made as a result of this person being there in the beginning. And in fact, we're told he was God. Now, here's one clue that might give it away, and I'll let you think about it, and you give me an answer then. Down, further down, we're told, and the Word became flesh and lived among us, or pitched his tent among us. So here we have someone who was with God in the beginning. He was God. He created everything in the beginning, and yet he came from heaven down to earth and lived with us down here. Who was that? 
Jesus, absolutely right, it points to Jesus. And so who, Jesus is the living word. You see this here? Can you see past this table? Jesus is the living word. Now, that makes a lot of sense. That starts to make a lot of sense when you realize that Jesus is the living word. Because do you remember God in the beginning? He said, let there be light. There was light. Let there be fish. There was fish. Let there be birds. There was birds. Let there be water. There was water. Well, Jesus, the word, the living word, came to earth, and he was able to go over to a crippled man, a man who couldn't walk, who'd never been able to walk. And he was able to say, get up and take your bed and go home. And he did. Or he was able to go to a man who was, had leprosy. And leprosy is an awful disease. It goes all over your skin and all over your body and your bones. and It's an awful disease. But Jesus was able to go and say, be clean, be healed. And he was. And there was a wee girl at 12 years old, and she had died. And Jesus was able to come in with her mom and dad, and everybody was crying, and Jesus was able to go over and say, get up, little girl. And she got up. He was able to feed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And so that explains a lot. If Jesus was with God in the beginning, was God, created everything, then came in flesh down here, he was able to do those sorts of things because of who he was. He was fully man, but yet he was the son of God. Incredible. So let me see now. The Old Testament points, see the arrows, points to the New Testament. But there's another sign here. Let's see what this is. Oh, it's, oh, it's another arrow. And oh, it's pointing somewhere else. It's pointing over in that direction. Can anybody tell me? Can anybody have a guess what's it pointing to? The cross. The cross. But no, it, it couldn't be. You couldn't have God, Jesus, never did anything to anyone that was harmful ever, who created the universe, but yet... No, 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 no. Couldn't be. It couldn't be. Do you know the cross was the most barbaric, torturous death anyone could ever suffer? The Romans were really cruel in creating this torturous death. Only thieves and murderers and bad criminals were allowed to be put on that cross. It couldn't be Jesus, God's son, put on that cross. No, no, no. Could it be? Do you think it could be? Could be. Now let's, I just, I remember there was a man called Isaiah in the Old Testament. So going back into the Old Testament, there was a man called Isaiah, and he wrote this 800 years before Jesus was born. And he wrote, The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity is a fancy word for sin. Your sin, my sin, any sin you have ever done, any sin you ever will do, 
all of the sins of the world. And this man wrote about it 800 years before Jesus came. But he said, the Lord Jesus, Lord, will, will take on his shoulders oh, all the sins of the world. And when God would look at him on the cross, God would judge him and punish him for all the sins of the world. Isn't that amazing? And that he would take the punishment for you and for my sin. But that's not the end. Because in three days' time, he would rise from the dead. And the arrow, instead of going that way, it goes up the way, and it points that Jesus, when he rose from the dead, went back to be with his Father, and Jesus said, anyone else, you or I, anyone who wants to follow Jesus will go the same way, that whenever our bodies get tired and frail and we pass away, our bodies feel our spirit, who is really us, what makes me me, what makes you you, will go and follow Jesus into the kingdom of heaven. And that's the good news of the gospel. We're told in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, God so loved all of you so much that he decided to send his own son to take the punishment, the weight of the sin, that you or I, if we believe in him, if we trust in him, won't perish, but we'll have life everlasting with him. So we're going to, uh, um, let me see now, we're going to uh, sing a song now, it's called, Thy Word is a Lamp Unto My Feet, because the Bible, so far we've seen how it shows us what is right from wrong. It also points us from the Old Testament to the New, and in further into the New Testament to the cross and to forgiveness for us and eternal life. And it, it's a lamp when we get lost. It guides us. So that's what we're going to sing. We're going to sing, Thy Word is a Lamp onto my feet. We'll stand and sing this. I don't know, some of the younger ones may not know this, but we'll stand and sing along because God is a guide to each and every one of us through life.
your offering will now uh, be received as we listen to Word of God speak. Father, we thank you that you are with us this morning, that your presence is here, and Lord, that we can find rest in you, rest for our souls, rest for our minds, rest for our weary spirits. And Lord, we give these offerings to you this morning, that you would use them, Lord, to bring peace into people's lives, Lord, to bring hope and joy and comfort and strength. In Jesus' name, amen.
got a wee question for you, right? Can anybody tell me, what's this? Eh? Yes? What is it? An ear, earring? Mm, you're close, you're close. Yes? It's a hearing aid. You put it in your ear and it helps you to hear. And sometimes we're a bit deaf when it comes to hearing God. We're a bit deaf when it comes to hearing what God is saying in the Bible. And we have to try very hard to just make sure that we're hearing him. And we do that by reading that and asking God, you know, how, how, how do we change our lives according to this? Be my guide. You're, you're a lamp to my feet. Now, when we're listening to God, we'll find out so far this morning, God shows us what's right and what's wrong in the Word of God and His Word. And we'll find out that it takes us to Jesus and it takes us to the cross and it takes us to the place where we find forgiveness and life. But there's something else very important about the Bible. Hold on, I'm feeling a bit dizzy here. Oh. Sometimes life can be a bit dizzy. Sometimes life is really calm and lovely. But sometimes it can get a bit dangerous. It can be like on a boat where you feel a bit unsafe and the waves are going up and down and you're feeling a bit sick. Sometimes life comes like that. And you know what? It's great that we've, we learn the Bible. There's particular verses in the Bible that we can learn that in later life we're going to be able to remember. Things like when I'm lonely, I can think of what Jesus said. He said, I am with you always even until the end of the world. And whenever I'm scared of the future, what the future holds, I can remember what God said, or what Moses said in Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. He said, the Lord himself goes before you, and it will be with you. And when I'm in difficulty, when I'm maybe having difficulty at school, maybe having difficulty with my friend, maybe we're falling out with a friend, and you don't know what to do, and difficulty. Or maybe you just feel that you're tired because things haven't been too good. Maybe your granny's been ill. Well, there's a verse here, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge. In other words, that's, God is like a shelter, like a little treehouse that we can run into. And he's our strength, and he's an ever-present help in times of trouble. We verses like that, or... When I've sinned and I feel, goodness, I'm, I'm so bad, I feel so guilty, I can remind myself of a verse in the Bible that says, though your sins are like scarlet, though they're really red, they can be as white as snow, Jesus cleanses them. And whenever I'm discouraged, when I don't know what way the future is going to go, and I'm not sure. Maybe you're, you're too young probably for that. But maybe the teenagers can identify with this. I've got my exams in June. I've got to go to university. What job am I going to go into? And so forth. 
There's that little verse in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you. Yes. And they're not necessarily dependent upon GCSEs and A-levels. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Not plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You're in his hands. All those wee verses are important. And that's why it's important that we learn them. Because you have much better memories when you're children than older people. Now's the time to learn them so that later on you can remember them. And can I just talk to the mums and dads and grannies and grandas a wee minute? Look at these children. They're just beautiful. These are lovely. These really are so lovely, so innocent. And we need to be investing in them. You probably already do this. But read a wee passage before they go to sleep at night. Ask them for one prayer request and then pray with them. Bring them to Sunday school. Bring them when they're older, youth fellowship. Um, Kids club is doing a great job at the moment. The Bible class. We need to be investing in them. Because I know there's a lot of good things in the world. I don't deny that. But there's a lot, there's parts of the world that are happy to invest filth into your children, lies into your children, greed into your children, and hatred into your children. And we need to be investing much more than the world invests in them so that they might stand firm in the future. Listen, you have been fantastic. You are great. You really are great. So I have something for you. Um, now, I'm going to give you one of these. Each, it's a wee uh, paint with water, little Bible stories in it. There you go. And there you go. There you go. And <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, is there a wee boy like one? Well, too big. He's too big. There's Here, would you like a wee book? There you go. And Oh, he's got a wee brother. You take one for your brother as well. Do you not want to give one to your brother? <laughs> okay. Now, if, if anybody, there's more up here if anybody's missed. But I've got other wee things too. Now, some of these, this is, I've been told they're for a wee bit older. They're be for, um, yeah, maybe a wee bit mid-primary school. But I'm going to give them out because... You know, mums and dads, you could do them with the younger ones as well. And it goes through wee books in the Bible. And uh, there you go. All right. Okay. There you go. There you go. 
And there, there you go, somebody for an old mature man. <laughs> okay. And there's here, if I've missed anybody, oh, the, down there. <laughs> You miss you, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And if I've missed anybody, please don't hesitate to come because the older ones, I can, it's just five minutes down the road, Faith Mission, they can get you one, leave it out to your house. Okay, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna finish. Uh, let me pray a wee minute. Let me just pray for our children. Father, we just thank you for the children in this church. We thank you how precious they are. We thank you the children coming to the drop-in center. We thank you for the children coming to the kids club. We thank you for the children that come to youth fellowship and for the Bible class, those that come to the Bible class and Sunday club and all of those things. We thank you for those that come. We just pray, Lord, that you would be with them. Father, you know that it's much more difficult to grow up into a teenager today than it was in my day. And we just want to pray your protection upon the children. And I pray God guide us and help us to invest in their lives by giving them the promises of your word, to see them strong and firm, uh, standing firm in the future. Lord, help us to teach them right from wrong. Help their parents, Father, because it's not easy being a parent in these days. We just pray, give them all the wisdom and the strength and the guidance that they need. Um, and we pray, God, that this may be their second home, that they can come at any time to us. And, and we will help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to finish with, Lord, your word shall guide us. And uh, just to remind you that tonight, half past seven, Andy Cardi will be speaking. And also in April, our ch children's service in April, our family service at the end of April, the last Sunday in the month, uh, Crown Jesus Ministries are going to be coming, which are a ministry. It's a group who, who work with young people, who work with children, and they're going to take the whole service. So we're really looking forward to that. So let's stand and worship God with Lord, your word shall guide us.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of God's Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore. Amen.